Welcome, everybody. This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a book this week. I watched a play this week. Yes, finally. Yeah. It is upon us. We are doing Hamilton. Uh, we just watched it last night. It was awesome. Uh, I've waited. I didn't know a thing about it. I was stoked to find out that Disney was releasing this on Disney+. Plus. Taylor, you also watched it as I, well. I saw it. I did see it because I, too, waited, didn't listen to any of the album when it came out, wanted to see it all, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I, it, that was the, that was my, hands down the way to go. I mean, I, there was like a couple lines I, have heard, I had heard before, but it was just, it was awesome seeing it all for the first time. Um, I really wish I had been able to see it in, in person, but this is, I mean, seeing it with the original cast, uh, there's the really a it. special, it's, it's very, very special yeah. to see it in this way. The premise, the story of America then, told by America now, mm. which we'll get into what all of that means. Hamilton, we won't go into too much. I was talking to Evan before this, and if you want to see what was different from real life versus the musical, you can Google that. And, yeah, that in kind five of stuff. It's been we're a little bit behind on this. We're we're covering the you know the home release of it, but if you want to see what really in the, the the kind of the historical was this true kind of thing, that stuff is really readily available. All <laughs> There's over a the million internet. articles. Uh, so uh, kind of in more in, in vain with our kind of artist studies, we are going to really kind of get, get into how this thing came to be, the right. process and why and how it is what it is. It's yeah. a very particular animal. If you don't know, uh, it is a, a totally R&B. It is wrapped uh, beginning to everything. end, hip-hop yeah. everything, beginning no to end. No dialogue. Every, oh, none. It Three was, hours of straight... <laughs> music <laughs> it's staggering uh, and right off the top the, probably the most uh the most outstanding element about that that really just took me my breath away was how they were able to get intonation into character through mm -hmm. through the the lines the, the way people the, rap are different exactly yeah. exactly uh you you would hear the character in the the canter of the of the language george of washington's the cadence is regimented and on mm -hmm. because that's how he is it's just crazy yeah at, at least for everybody's introduction it is on point uh mm -hmm. and i thought that was just staggering that's just one little taste of of, of, yeah. of what they're doing here uh, specifically to the music the r&b themes that that really wrap this thing together and this is jam-packed i saw hamilton has over twenty thousand words Whoa. spoken which is 144 words a minute oh my gosh it is the most <laughs> type dense it, type that <laughs> musical so the runner-up musical is spring awakening which only has 77 words a minute on average mm. if hamilton were sung at the usual pace of most musicals it would be six hours oh my gosh and so that's part of as we go into the book the appeal of making it into something that is hip-hop yeah, oriented for for anybody who's curious, it runs about at two hours and forty minutes uh, when you watch it, and it does have a one minute intermission. But um, it is quite full, but so it is much information. Thick. Yeah, <laughs> two C's on that one. So just before we get into the book, Hamilton. For those that don't know, his list of things: first Treasury Secretary, had the first budget system, first mm. tax system. Mm. He created the Coast Guard, the Customs Service, monetary policy, God. the Central Bank, and was kind of the founding father of Wall Street. Wow. Which is odd for our time when we think about money and the 1% and whatnot, but all of these systems that then created right there from the, the ability yeah. for the country to be, it's like, he is the creator of our government as it orients because he also did the Federalist Papers and was involved in the Constitution. You know, he was the mind behind a lot yeah. of this stuff, but never a president and died at age 49 because Tragic. of a duel got shot. So let's talk about how Lin-Manuel Miranda 
heard about all this. Yeah, that's kind of what I was most interested in. Okay, I've never heard really the details of, I've heard of Alexander Hamilton, but I've never heard any of these details yeah. of his life and never really occurred to me why I've not heard more about him and why he didn't become a president and just ne- <laughs> never occurred to me. And because mm-hmm. there's just kind of a hole there, but mm-hmm. uh, it's very interesting. So I, that's kind of my, my outset is like, okay, well, how did, how did Lin-Manuel uh, find this? And, and where, where did he really attach to it? Where did yeah. he find his power mm-hmm. in it? So Ron Chernow is where we start. He is the author of the book, Alexander Hamilton. Mm. He was a journalist. He had written some big biographies of famous people in finance. Okay. So he wrote one about J.P. Morgan in 1990, which won the National Book Award for nonfiction. Flew off the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> really popular. <laughs> And then he wrote one about Rockefeller in 1998, which was a New York Times bestseller. (laughs) But he didn't want to get pigeonholed into, oh, I'm just doing finance bios. So he was like, well, the big market really for biographies is politicians or historical people of that nature. So he said he brought a list of 16 ideas to his agent, and she picked the 16th one, which was Hamilton, (laughs) which as we can see, he was Treasury Secretary. He's still involved in finance in some way, so it's not quite out of his wheelhouse, but just enough to where he's not pegged as the finance bio guy. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And he said later that he went to a preview once it finally became the musical with her. And he told her, he's like, the show is here because of you, because you were the one that said I should do this one. Yeah. And he was about to, Hamilton was about to fade into obscurity were it not for the reinvigoration of interest in him. Man. That's incredible. I mean, again, I say this all the time, but you don't know your impact. I mean, just because of that one decision by her mm-hmm. that allowed the show to exist <laughs> without that, if, you know. Because he could have done something on. about yeah, Vanderbilt exactly. or, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he started the book in 1998 when the Rockefeller book came out. He went through. Now, remember, Hamilton has over 20,000 words. <laughs> Ron Chernow goes through 22,000 pages of papers and documents. Oh That's one God. of the big things of the musical is Hamilton is a prolific writer. Yeah. He spends so much time writing. Yeah. And it's just crazy that as many words as are in the musical is how many pages Ron Chernow <laughs> went through. Oh my gosh. Of material. Just combing through it. He is a master Can of research. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. He also went tangible, which I thought was great. He held the dueling pistols that they used in the duel. He visited the jail cell on St. Croix where Hamilton's mother was imprisoned. Wow. He went to the island where Hamilton's father ran away and disappeared to. Oh, he, ha- he had a lock of Hamilton's hair tested for his racial makeup. He did research on his own. Really? Oh my god! As opposed to just looking through documents in the physical space. Wow. Yeah. And there had been research. It's not like he's the first person to ever research Hamilton. These documents are available, but he is the main one to stand on the shoulders of other people as well as saying, well, let me piece this narrative because why is he faded into obscurity? Why is this narrative all broke? Why am I having, wait, why am I doing this work? Hasn't somebody done this before? Yeah. Yeah. So the book then comes out in 2004. It was on the New York Times bestsellers list when it came out, but but still just in the strata of people that like what yeah. they call dad yeah. fiction, which is big nonfiction <laughs> books about history. Uh, it was, he said, I thought that this was interesting, optioned three times for a feature film in Hollywood. Really? Once it came out, because really? he's like, I was surprised, but then of Since course it 2004. goes- 2004. Yeah, it goes into the black hole of uh, yeah. that sort of thing. But he's like, it is it's it is a Hollywood thing. It's about this self-starter who figures everything out. If you if it's got sex scandals, it's got violence, yeah. it's got everything that Hollywood yeah, would absolutely. like, but it never became anything. Fascinating. Any so, any idea who's kind of circling around that? Any, he didn't say. No, no. no. 
And now that it's become the musical and it's already out and whatever, you right, know, Lin-Manuel, right. they're going to him to say, would you want to make this into a film? But right. if it's already on Disney Plus as the... Right. He's like, I don't see right. it becoming anything. So now we have to go to the other side of this, which is Lin-Manuel Miranda. Right. This is 2008, four years after the book comes out. He's 28 years old. He's doing a Broadway show called In the Heights on Broadway. Right, okay. And that won a bunch of awards and he's made his name as a very young Mm-hmm. prosperous person on Broadway. He's on a vacation in Mexico in the airport, picks up this book, reads it in the first chapters. He's like, oh, this is my next project. Oh, man. Ron Chernow was saying in an interview that I saw, there was like, there was also a seed of like, why did he even pick up this book yeah. in the first yeah. place? And like, that was found that in high school, Lynn had done a paper on the duel between him and Aaron Burr. So he did have a little oh, bit of context okay. just from his own education. So he's like, I've got to meet the guy who wrote this because this is going to be my next musical project, yeah. if not a, a musical, at least an album of right. some music. Do you think that's why he picked up the book in a, in a way, perhaps, is because he had had he had studied it to a degree as a child uh, in school? Maybe. There's a little uh, familiarity. Saw, oh, here yeah. is actually somebody's put the whole story of this dude together. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's weird mm -hmm. enough to me that a biography... A definitive biography of Alex Alexander Hamilton is is only coming out in two thousand and four. Right, you know, so that alone, it's not like that book exists before two thousand four. He knows who Alexander Hamilton is from mm -hmm. high school, doing papers on him. Yeah, let me see what's what what he was really all about. Yeah, really interesting. What's even more serendipitous than the fact that he might have already been inclined to this material is the fact that Ron. Chernow met Lynn through a crazy connection. So Ron's friend's daughter had gone to college with Lynn and she had kept in touch with Lynn and what? she knew that he was interested in the book. So she was like, oh, my dad is friends with the okay. guy who wrote the book. So no way. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> so a beautiful coincidence. Yeah. So Lynn Manuel Miranda invites Ron Chernow say, hey, I'm doing this show in the Heights. Would yeah. you want to come see it? So then he goes and sees that yeah. and then, you know, knows that, oh, he's interested in my book. So he goes to meet him backstage. And Lin-Manuel is like, I read this and, you know, hip hop just jumped off the page. Huh? And Ron Chernow's like, really? really? Because really? <laughs> he's like, yeah, Hamilton's life is a classic hip hop narrative. And this is Ron said mm. he was like. I, I could see that Lynn had met one of the great hip-hop ignoramuses of all time. He's like, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. And he's so also, <laughs> you know, there's these other musicals that had come out, Jesus Christ Superstar, mm. more satirical takes. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, that one's not quite satirical, but just like he didn't want it to be a parody or mocking or not yeah. do the material justice. And Lynn asked him on the spot, he said, hey, can you be the historical consultant for this project? Oh, wow. And yeah. Lynn had said, I want the historians to take this seriously, yeah. which is music to Ron's ears. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. So now and he's in, now he's ready to go. He's like, okay, I'm, he's perking up. Yeah. And like we talked about the amount of material in this, that also helped Ron understand because he's like, oh, you, I understand hip hop in the sense that you can pack more information yeah. in than any musical form. Yeah. As well as you had mentioned with the rhymes and the patterns of language, how important that was yes. to Hamilton. The wheels are turning and it's clicking for him mm. even as a historian. So he says, okay, show me what you got when you when you have something. Yeah. It's great because he ends up working with him for six years on this oh, wow. thing until it comes out and he comes to performances and whatnot. At the, at the moment of this point, though, Lin-Manuel Miranda is just calling it the Hamilton mixtape. 
He's just going to write a song because he's still doing eight shows a week of In the Heights. Oh, okay. So it's like the it's like the Hamilton demo. Yeah, it's a concept yeah. album, yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. he'll find a way to stage it. It's not even yet right. the right. whole it's, idea. So it's of just it starting with the music. It's mm-hmm. really just starting with that, the staging, all that kind of stuff. The idea to even make it a play is totally later. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And so two or three months later, then Lynn invites Ron Chernow to his house, sings him the first song, Ron Chernow was like so impressed because he saw how he compressed the first 40 pages of his book into a four minute song. Oh, man. And he's that must able to invigorating yeah. man, as a writer. Oh, my gosh. To see that somebody got it, was able to turn it into something else and very well done something. And at, also like, sees it is the genius of he's combining 1800s words yeah. with modern words and it's fluid and yes. also a little bit disconcerting to be like, I spent so much time on these 40 pages. <laughs> And you just put it into this it into, into this form. Rap. So a then they're off to the races. Tape. That's awesome. They're That's off so to cool. the races working together. Lynn spent an entire year working on that song. Like he didn't mm. then jump onto the next thing, refining it. So in May of 2009, he was invited to perform at the White House's Evening of Poetry, Music, and Spoken Word. Oh. And they said, oh, you know, you're doing In the Heights. Do you have anything that speaks to the American experience? Mm. So instead of doing something from In the Heights, he takes a gamble and he performs that song from his Hamilton mixtape project. Oh, it's a standing ovation. This is what propels him to pursue it even more with his director that he's worked on oh, from man. In the Heights. I had and no I'll, idea. Yeah, I'll this post is... a link to that to that video. And it's sort of comical because he's saying, oh yeah, I found this character from American history that really embodies hip hop, the first treasury secretary, Alexander Hamilton, and everybody in the audience laughs. <laughs> and even in the moments, but the song is pretty much the same yeah. from what it ended up being. So now he spends another year working on the second song, and his collaborators are like, "Well, we're all going to be dead before <laughs> before we get." There's over ten songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's over thirty songs in the, in the final thing. I love though the fact he that took a song, one one song a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 just one a year. <laughs> so that's also part of the writer's deadline dilemma. Of he's like, I got to pick mm-hmm. up the pace mm-hmm. if this is ever going to become mm-hmm. anything. But again, is it going to be a big musical? There's no guarantee that it's even going to be on Broadway right. if it becomes anything. Because it isn't anything yet. It's two songs. Yeah. So I love how Ron Chernow had been hearing the songs as they're being made. Mm-hmm. He said Lynn is a huge rewriter. So is he in terms of their process. Mm. They were basically up to the point of recording the cast album, changing things wow. in the lyrics, which after that you can't because then yeah, that's then the show. That is it. That's in, that's really awesome. So have the two. I, didn't, I had no idea that the writer of the biography would be that much lockstep with the star writer mm-hmm. of the show. Very, I mean, very involved in the process. Yeah. Wow. I mean, up until right up until the cast recording, uh, figuring out what was the best for it all, between mm-hmm. the two, because Lynn is the hip hop, the music. He is the the history. Yeah. And it takes both of that to get the kind of the magic blend that is the show. Mm-hmm. That's really important here for any 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 creatives <laughs> or collaborator, collaborators out there. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 the key right there. Or if he's, you know, Lynn is like, I, I see this book and I want to do this. Why don't I just get the guy who did the book to <laughs> help me? Yeah. Instead yeah. of pouring over it and thinking I know. I, I love that the, that the biographer actually is like. Even though he doesn't know anything or even like it, but he thinks it's cool and he's excited that his material lives on and is, is going on in different forms and is getting people interested yeah. and is actually passing on the story and the knowledge mm-hmm. uh, beyond just the, you know, the aesthetic of how it was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that It's really, really staggering awesome. that the biographer yeah. is, is like, this, hey, this is cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
And he, uh, I'll post links to the, all the interviews and everything that I saw, but he has such a genial, warm personality mm. as well. You can tell that their energy matches. He's humorous. <laughs> he's humble. You know, all of those things that yeah. you want from somebody. So he goes to a big moment is the first rehearsal studio casting session okay. where they're checking people out. And not in a racist way at all, but he's like, he's glad he didn't blurt out what he was thinking because he comes in there and this is about the founding fathers and he's written the book and he spent, you know, years and years and years doing this and he comes in and everybody's a different race in it, you know? And yeah. not, you know, he, yeah. he was just like, oh, I didn't think, I, why didn't I even think yeah. that that was going to be a thing? Yeah. And he said the other thing that struck him was not only they were, everybody has different races, but they're young. Yes. Too, which we think of people as being old. And he's like, that really more captured the spirit of the founding fathers. Yes. He also loved later on, you see, in the costume design, from the neck down, they're 18th century, but from the neck up, they're 21st century. Oh, man. I did not. I did not put All that the hairstyles yes. and everything oh. is, is not, period. <laughs> Interesting. Oh man, that now and now I'm going back and I'm thinking about specific characters. I'm going like now knowing it is a detail and that mm -hmm. it's specific and meant to be that way. I'm like, oh, that so that is a 21st century haircut. I, it's not just the dude's hair, you know, like yeah, that. Wow. <laughs> so Ron is now completely bought into this. He's like, in the first 10 seconds, you don't care that George Washington isn't white or right. Thomas Jefferson is like it doesn't matter. Yeah, this is what this thing is. Yeah. And it was, of course, intentional from Lin Manuel Miranda the whole time, but it took Ron seeing it, yeah. and he has even more a vote of confidence in the process and the production, as well as him just giving little tidbits or being a, a sounding board for what's historically accurate or not. Ron praised Lin Manuel Miranda for being very responsive to his comments. Mm -hmm. For example, there's a very- That's the, that's the other big thing yeah. here as far as in creators and collaborators go is like being able to give and receive criticism. Yeah. He was saying at the very, very end, there's a bit where, you know, the last things are coming up. There's sort of an epilogue of what has happened, what other people yeah. thought of yeah. him. And Ron was saying, I really feel like there should be a moment where Madison acknowledges that he had taken the country from bankruptcy to- a mm -hmm. flourishing nation. Like that was a part of it that you don't have in the end. Mm. And so that's exactly what he puts in at the very, very end there. Madison is saying, oh, he gave us our country credit. Wow. In, in, yeah. In a, in a, it's still in a lyrical way. He explains <laughs> it, but it's like he, he just was taking all of Ron Chernow's things. Even even that's more of a creative right. lens, but it was still a historical still, thing. It was that a Chernow like, thought, and then it was purported through Lin-Manuel Miranda's mm -hmm. like, not Lynn's, his speaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, yeah. His, his lyricism. Uh, so, yeah. That's beautiful. Man, that, I mean, God, how, I mean, just if you were, if your middle school brain was ever confused of what, what is art, <laughs> I think we just explained it to you <laughs> about how things move and are, are recontextualized and, and, and remade and, and live on through mm -hmm. that. Uh, and I mean, that, yeah. that, and what does it say? Uh, and the endurance of multiple people. So I, I haven't mentioned the other people. So it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, what they call the cabinet meetings. Alex, Lack <laughs> Alex Lackamore was the music director, arranger, orchestrator, conductor, mm -hmm. and keyboard player. He's also the one at the Obama White House spoken oh, poetry. He's the guy playing the keyboard. So oh, he was in on it great. from the beginning. And then Thomas Kale is the director who mm. also worked with Lin-Manuel Miranda for In the Heights. So they're gotcha. always meeting and Ron Chernow the putting, group. putting it together. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's also funny because I just looked into Ron Chernow's stuff. He also wrote a biography of George Washington that came out in 2010 and won the Pulitzer Prize for a biography. 
<laughs> so that's like his writing stuff that he's going he was also on doing this. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I thought from the creative standpoint, though, Ron said he was very open. The director was very open, but he said he never talked to actors in the rehearsals. Like he was involved. He was there, but he only ever talked to Lynn or, or Thomas Kale, gotcha. the director, because gotcha. he was like, unless the actors asked, there were some people that were vi- like Christopher Jackson, who played George Washington, mm-hmm. wanted to know more about the history and what was going on and all that, which in some way inspired him to do the biography of George Washington. Oh, wow. But yeah. there are other actors who didn't consult him on their historical That actor's things, but- just trying to get another gig. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really interested in George now that I got this part. You know, have yeah. you ever done any more? Ever wanted you know, want to do a play on him? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the big thing though was Ron was saying like he didn't want to create conflict with the lyrics. He's like, now nah, I wrote this book. I'm doing the historical yeah fluff for them. But if I don't want to say like, well, that didn't happen this or that, or if an actor asks me, I'm not yeah, going to then yeah. create a conflict You're with mucking what it up yeah. dramatically. Lin Manuel Miranda is trying yeah. to do. Yeah, there's um, like a chain of command there, and like expect, with that type of collaborator of like, okay, well, he's the aesthetic person. Mm-hmm. The actor is in a tool of the aesthetic. Lynn should talk to the, you know, like <laughs> yeah. th- those types of things of knowing your boundaries, especially as a, as a group of collaborators. When is it your forte? When is this your area? When is that their area yeah. learning? Now that? I'm going to sit in the rehearsal and be a cheerleader. And then mm-hmm. whenever they be a resource, me. not a, <laughs> <laughs> a voice. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So now it's 2013. They are performing a workshop production. It's still called mm. the Hamilton Mixtape. Mm-hmm. It's the first act and three songs from the second act. Okay. So it still isn't even yeah. what it ends up being. It ends up becoming the thing it is at the public theater, so off-Broadway, in February of 2015. Okay. Immediately, everything's sold out. People are crazy. Right. Jimmy Fallon right. goes. The Obamas go. Everybody goes. Yeah. It's crazy. Goes on Broadway in August of that year. Wow. And then at the 2016 Tony Awards, 16 nominations, 11 wins. It has the record for number of nominations and was one short for the record of wins. Wow. Um, Swept, huh? The, yeah. Golly. The musical itself won the 2016 Pulitzer Prize for drama. Wow. Which usually only won. That is, I want to say, because the thing is rather comedic, Right. And it's a musical, so it, uh, yeah. like it very easily could be just sequestered as a as a musical comedy. Well, and that's what's interesting. I looked into so it. So the win and, for drama is like and really yeah. amazing. Usually, actually, one musical a decade will win uh-huh. that award, but it's mostly plays. Yeah, that get that. Yeah, um, the cast album also. So now it's it's an album. CDs yeah, and vinyl, and yeah, a, you know, man. it debuted at number twelve on the Billboard charts. It was up to number three. At one point, and it was number one on the rap album charts. Oh, cool! In 2016, yeah. and then of course it won a Grammy. <laughs> oh man, the success didn't stop with what the musical ended up doing. The book, the sales were at around 3,000 copies in 2014. Because remember, this had come out ten come years out before. Yep. <laughs> the next year, 2015, when the musical comes out, it jumped up to 105,000. Oh man, copies. Oh man! Look at how the writer also, by investing in the show, 
in turn invested right back in himself. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty in- impressive. That's and I think crazy. he gets a percentage, obviously, because he was involved. Yes. So he's making oh, man. seven Hand figures a year, you know, oh, my God. on all this stuff. He's also seen it about 50 times, he said, including Aww. the public theater versions. Man, I love this. And I he said he had, he had such a great relationship with the cast. He'd always go backstage. He said it, he, for whatever reason, had a great fatherly feeling. That's like what he it said, feels like. He it said, feels like at the end of like the last one, he would have he like cried and like, yeah. didn't want to say goodbye to people. <laughs> well, that's what he said. He said from 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 the second don't, you don't know <laughs> from the second I passed it off to Lin Manuel, it was never my job to criticize. He was like, I was just the main cheerleader for the mm. show. I was there all the time. It was these young Aww. actors, and I'm this old fatherly figure <laughs> who I am going to then give them the encouragement. Oh, that must have been the experience of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean to to watch that unfold you know you've done this work you put together this narrative you put out this book it's okay it's done all right you know and then this group of artists come around it and make this out of it and it goes worldwide it's phenomena and to to be in his shoes to stand back and watch all that just kind of unfold yeah and to not be resistful of it but to see the beauty in it even from the start to go oh i don't understand this this isn't exactly me but this is awesome yeah that this is being kept alive that this is actually being passed around that this that this story is being told at all yeah and not to diminish by any means i know we haven't gone too much into lynn manuel miranda's right he did everything for this yeah. that's not to say but i just i feel like it's the story of the book becoming this thing is yeah. not something it's just like oh he read the book and then he turned it into right. I have There's not so heard anything more. about Chernow until today. Hardly, yeah. I mean, for real. Uh, and he truly like was a part a, of the team. Yeah, and that's what I. That's what I was about to say. Is it sounds like he was such a uh, an integral part of this. I mean, really, it comes down. Lin Manuel is the the creative, the aesthetic, and he is the the history. I mean, the, it's fifty fifty on this creates that blend. Yeah. blend. Like I said earlier, it's that special blend that makes this so unique and really just pop off of the screen mm-hmm. that's why people are so crazy about it and he said in terms of, of in terms of the craziness you know they open the backstage doors to let out into the alleyway and people have their playbills for mm. for him for the cast to sign and everything and he was like people had books for me to sign oh that's awesome and he said some guy even like had, a yeah. rock star finally <laughs> yeah. that's great he's like why why did you bring this book to the <laughs> He said he even signed a $10 bill, which is illegal, so nobody <laughs> come after him to deface currency. Um, speaking of which, the $10 bill. So 2015, the Department of the Treasury was planning on redesigning it mm. to feature a woman from American history. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, because of the of, of craziness this, yeah. of Hamilton, people didn't even really know who he was when he was on the 10. Now everybody knows, and so they changed it. And that was when the whole thing was, oh, we're going to replace Jackson on the 20 with Harriet Tubman. Right. Which never came to be. If you're interested in, so now we have this thing that is on Disney Plus and what that was. That was recorded in 2016 Mm -hmm. when they were still the original cast doing it on Broadway. They got a director of photography who spent two months watching the performances and reading the script to try and figure out how you can because it was a live recording. There was an audience. You can tell this is uh, coming from somebody who knows how this stuff is kind of pieced together. You can see they were really specific about what camera camera angles they used when mm-hmm. uh, when they used certain types of coverage when they went in when they went wide what they chose to focus on uh, it's really discreet editing i mean most people have probably seen like a, uh, a stand up special and never really seen it mm-hmm. you, you don't realize that that's 
actually cut out of, together of like three or four performances. Yeah. Um, so y- y- I was really pleased to see the work of the intent of the shot there. Uh, they were really, this is what you're supposed to be focused on now. We're using, it wasn't we're going just the whole clo- stage and then yes. switching to the left and switching to the right. It was very, it's very, very, very dynamic mm-hmm. in a way that they couldn't, you, this is obviously pulled together from a couple different runs of this because you can't yeah. get the coverage they have and then pull out for a wide of the whole thing like they do. Yeah. Uh, and, and because of that, they're able to pull together the best moments of the best pieces mm-hmm. uh so and it, and it just really pops that was just as cr- on a craft note uh was palpable from the the first few moments of it and it kept all the way through yeah so they had nine cameras that he stationed around wow. the richard rogers theater and the main ones were covered with black so that the audience wouldn't be mm-hmm. seeing or, mm-hmm. or distracting to anybody they shot a sunday matinee and a tuesday evening show mm. And then for all of the steady cam and crane stuff, they did 13 of the 46 numbers that way wow. with no audience, but just to be yeah. able to be on yeah. stage and get the close get, get in and, and get really whatnot. close stuff and not bother anybody's experience. That's and then they had cool. over 100 microphones <clears throat> for sound. Oh, the sound, <laughs> I've got to say, the sound in this is, was uh, was incredible. We, we just got a 5-1 system in ours, so we were shaking the floor, <laughs> but the, the mix of this is just gorgeous. A little bit of the the history comparison kind of stuff, or mm-hmm. at least in regards to the book that I found interesting. So a facet of the book and what is odd about the musical is usually it just ends. But they have in the musical, not to spoil anything, an epilogue where they kind of go into, because it's not a spoiler that he dies, what happens after, which is a bit bizarre for mm-hmm. the musical context to then just go through each character and be right. like, what did they do? What did they do? This right, and that, right, right, whatnot. Right. And the big one that it ends with is his wife who lived 50 years after she died at age 97. Right. And she did. She tried to do so much stuff, which factors into the thematics of Hugely who tells your end. story and whatnot. Yeah. But in the it's crazy because in the book, that is a narrative device of Ron Chernow's. The first preface of the book is from the perspective of Eliza. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the ending, the epilogue is also her and her perspective and what she did. Oh, and it's crazy how, I don't know if people know this because most people haven't read the book, but Lin-Manuel Miranda took that yeah. for yeah. the ending of the musical to say, oh no, this should be ending from her perspective. Yes, because it that's that's the, like, back to the reason of who's going to tell your story, who's around to do it. She She's the reason. Mm-hmm. She is solely the reason that this is actually being put together and, and any of his information was really saved. That was kind of staggering because the, the last you know few moments of the thing really, really becomes hers. Character that's been sli- done wrong through the course of, of the play. Suddenly she's the main character for the last 10 minutes or so. And all of the thematics come round and hit right on her character because yeah. you realize what what it's all for by now. I mean, uh, just to, without spoiling anything, like we've like we've been said about who is who and why are, are is your legacy going to be passed down? She's the reason that we know any of this stuff. Yeah, and I thought that was really an amazing way to for this to end. I mean, it's about Alexander Hamilton, but uh, for this to really become hers at the end felt so right. Felt so mm-hmm. fitting. And there has been some controversy now as it stands of the musical came out in 2016. Obviously, the world has changed. People are right. thinking about things differently. The question of slavery, should it have been brought up more in the context of the musical? Hmm. Lots okay. of different yeah. political topics brought up. But I think the thing outside of all of that, Lin-Manuel acknowledges it and he's like, valid. Every criticism is valid. Mm-hmm. It is the same show. It is different times. Please let it be a 
vessel for people to talk about yes, these things. Yes, but I let think it that, spark conversation. Yeah, the big thing that he got from it personally in, in what I saw was what am I doing with my life? It's constantly brought up that Hamilton is living yeah. five times the life and he died at 49. Yeah. Lynn was saying, if the show opens and closes in a day, will I regret the six years that I put into it? Mm. He's it, it just gives him, and a lot of the stuff he had, he, had his first child when it was being, you know, he's right, thinking about all right. of these things that Hamilton was thinking about as well in a weird art imitates life way. Yes. But the big quote that I have from him, from one of these interviews at the end, he was saying, I feel like Hamilton chose me. He reached out of the pages of Ron's book and wouldn't let me go until I told his story. And I thought it was very aware that he said, I can't manufacture another Hamilton. I'll never write another Hamilton. It's singular. The man yeah. in the creation of the show and then he goes on, I feel like my responsibility is to keep my eyes open and live it as slowly as possible, mm. because I'm aware that musical mm -hmm. theater doesn't get off the arts page very often, and obviously here it has. But just yes. that whole energy, I think, encapsulates a lot of it. And like I said, that's the conversation. Who's telling the story? Yeah. Obviously, I just told the story of this, but if Lin-Manuel Miranda was telling the story of how it got made, it would be completely different. Right. And he acknowledges that, and that's the biggest piece of it, I think. This was I didn't really expect the 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 making of this to be as joyous as it like it sounds like nobody took this for granted and that's really nice to feel the performers the creators nobody yeah. yeah everybody seemed to like really really dig in on this really feel there was a reason to tell this story believe in the story uh, hearing Lin Manuel and and, uh, and the biographer come together like that is just like there's nothing better creatively there's nothing better than that. Very cool. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Taylor. This has been a blast. So check us out on our, on our Instagram page, at Pod, and we will catch you next week.